Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's time now to go beyond the headlines and for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Nobody's killing my vibe today. I don't even care that it's Monday. Friends, it's like, oh, Monday, it's the start of it. Oh, it's a long work week. Nah, man, leave it. Vibes are way too high here on the Insiders today. I'm Kyle Madsen. He's James Ham, And we have victories to talk about. We got victories. wins across the board. We got a Kings win over the Oklahoma City Thunder on Friday. Saturday, we got to chill, unless maybe you're a Michigan fan and you got to win over Penn State. Shout out to our guy in the YouTube chat, uh, Michigan Wolverines, uh, big ups. And sorry to any Penn State fan who caught an L this weekend who might be listening. But for our purposes, Kings going to win on Friday. Nothing happens Saturday. Chill Saturday. Sunday, you get the morning slate with the 49ers getting a huge win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. And then Sunday night, you get the Las Vegas Raiders getting back to 500. They are 5-5 five and five with a win over the New York Football Jets. That's two in a row for them. Right, that it. Antonio Pierce vibe. Yeah, you love. No, it's just it's like nice I not love, having to be yeah. like. It's nice not having to go. Hey, great win for this team and that team. This team stunk. <laughs> and then trying to figure out how to navigate all that. It's a lot of wins this weekend, James. It was a lot of good wins this weekend. I think this is one of those weekends where you, you walk into Monday morning with a little pep in your step. You're like, hey, I like this. Way like, easier to do a I show like this way. It is easier to do a show this way. I'm just a generally positive person. Like, I read this book called the... Mm, forget what it's called. That I'll helps. find out, though. The ha- the happiness something. I'll figure <laughs> it out. <I've, laughs> what do you want? <laughs> no, but it, it, was, it basically talks about the power of positive psychology and, and, and viewing the world through a positive lens instead of a negative one. And it talks about, you know, at the end of each day, writing down three good things that happen in the day. And it forces you to scan your mental map for for positive things that happen in a day that may not stick out as much. Okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's it's fascinating, especially for a person like me where when uh, is, people could tell me 10 good things about me, but the one negative thing somebody says is what sticks with me. So anyways, enough about my psyche. I don't um, I don't have that issue. I, like whatever reason, I, like I don't really I'm care. I'm really jealous. I, I I'm don't, really jealous. I don't care. That's, at, that's at very, all. very nice. I also, I, I don't journal. I probably should journal. I don't. Do you do you write down three things every day? No, 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 no. It's just I, 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 like I started cool... out writing them down, <laughs> and then it's it more just it trains your brain to think a certain way. Okay. And so for me, coming in and doing a show where I'm going, okay, hey, let's find all the good things that happened for the Raiders. 
Let's find all the good things that happened for the 49ers. Let's talk about all the good things that happened for the Kings. That's much easier for my brain to to process and be creative with than, well, Niners lost by 14, pass rush stunk, Purdy turned it over. Like it just, it's so much easier for my brain to operate in this space. So shout out to uh, the 49ers, Raiders, and Kings for getting dubs. Okay. I, I would say this. I think I'm I'm pretty serious, like, off yeah, the air. I'd say so. I, I'm pretty intense, but I'm also a pretty much like a half glass uh, full, not a half glass empty person. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Kings tried to, like, like, beat that out of me by... Losing 50 games a year, like for the 16 first, years, the first 12 <laughs> years that I covered the team. Just saying, like, the, like every single day, just kind of like hit you in the face with like, hey, look, there's another loss. Mm-hmm. Going into games and thinking there's no way they're going to win this game, that's usually that's so like that. That is not fun. Yeah, that's and then so if they brutal. do win, you're surprised. You're like, hey, that's fun, but yeah. Who had who had okay, so we have the Raiders beating the Jets sixteen to twelve, the 49ers all over the Jags thirty-four to three. They snapped a five game winning streak for the Jags. The Raiders got in the way of this playoff run that the Jets were were trying to get on behind their very stout defense. And you have the Kings going into a game against the Thunder where I said it on this show, I said it on D Lo and Casey, I was worried about the Kings on Friday night. It's a good OKC team, no De'Aaron Fox. Kings had just struggled with the Blazers. And sure enough, they go out and not just beat OKC, but just really handle them. 105-98 final, but it never felt like that game was in the balance. Yeah, so if I'm going to look at the three games from this weekend. Which one was the best win? That's what I was getting to. Yeah, yeah, that's where I thought you were heading. I'm going to say it is the Kings, and that's Mm. not because I cover the Kings. It's because the Kings haven't looked like the Kings all season. Mm -hmm. So, like, the 49ers were the best team in football for five weeks, and then Mm -hmm. they went on, like, an intellectual hiatus. They like just went on they, a bender. Yeah, they just went on like this weird walkabout, right? Where they meandered through three games and and got uh, got kicked. Um, but the Kings really haven't looked like the Kings outside of maybe game one, like all season. And I, I think that this was a game where they got right, and mm-hmm. you you could see the team that was there last year. The intensity was better. The speed, the quickness of players like Kevin Herter and, and Keegan Murray were better. Uh, mm-hmm. Demonis Sabonis was more forceful. Like all of these things that you've been waiting for, you've been hoping to see. And, you know, they got a win on Wednesday against Portland. But that was, I mean, Portland is not a good team and it took you overtime. Mm-hmm. So I, I think right. a lot of people are like, okay, this is a team on the rise. OKC was a good team coming in. I think they're five and three coming into the game. They're a good team. They've got all kinds of weapons. They've got all kinds of talent. Kings came out and and really like dominated the game. It was a wired wire win. They never it, trailed the entire game. And it never it ne- what the what did the Thunder get it to to start the fourth? Like five? Yeah, five or six. It's like five, but it never felt like man, this really got out of hand for the Kings because they were up fourteen after the first quarter, and you're thinking, okay, they're going to roll. But even runs are going to happen. It's really hard to go up by 15 in the first quarter and then win a game by 30. Like, that's just, that doesn't happen a ton, mm-hmm. especially against a talented team. So to see the Kings, and I, and, and I think I agree with you, because the Niners bouncing back, they they get that 34-3 to win over the Jags, 
and they just looked like themselves. The Chase Young addition paid off right away. They made a little tweak in their in their secondary that paid off, and he loved to see it. But it just kind of got them back to where we expect them to be. It's like okay, that they're they're back on track. They're, with the Raiders, it's okay, back to 500. You snuck past a Jets team that's that's not great. You love to see the two wins in a row. The vibes are high. They're riding. They're they're riding this Antonio Pierce wave. That's awesome. Josh Jacobs looks like Josh Ga- Jacobs. Yeah, yeah. And they're targeting Devontae Adams. They're doing the whole yes. thing. Yes, and they did that last night without Colton Miller against a against a good defense, which was which was fascinating. But I look at what the Kings did, and that was because I was pretty skeptical after the Blazers win. I looked at that one like, okay, getting the W is good. You'd rather have a W than an L. But overtime against that version of the Blazers, like I don't, I'm not saying the Kings took this massive step. The massive step was Friday. That was the not only got the arrow pointed the right direction, but then took steps forward on that path toward where they want to go with this season. And now, now for me, Raiders was okay, good, solid win. Niners is like, okay, you're you're back on track. With the Kings, it's like, okay, season started. Yep, that's how Friday felt felt for me. Well, that and when you get to five hundred, so they four and four. Mm-hmm. It's now you're you're basically zero and zero. You, you know, it's a clean this slate. This early in the year. Yeah, yeah it's a clean slate, right? Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing for the Kings. And, like, you look, go back through and look at all their games and think, okay, could they have been a game ahead of this? Could they have been two games ahead of this? Maybe. They also could have been a couple of games below this. So this was a good week, and, and then you get a, a game against the Cleveland Cavaliers this evening mm-hmm. that is another prove-it game. This is another – it's a lot like OKC. It's mm-hmm. an up-and-coming team. Uh, it's a team with like great length and huge, great physicality. Yeah. Um, it's not a good matchup team typically, but for some reason, it's a team that the Kings usually play well. Mm-hmm. So, how do you look again? And how do you look on Wednesday, opening up a six-game road trip against a, a Los Angeles Lakers team that again isn't isn't playing well? So, yeah, it's it's a it's a big week for the Kings, and uh, I think it kicking it off with an in-season tournament win. Which now yeah. that becomes at least a little bit more interesting because now not only are you I knew in you'd the come around. well, not only are you <laughs> in it, but you also have uh, a win by seven, mm-hmm. which is why if people were wondering why everyone was asking Kevin Herter to shoot the ball late in the game, number one, uh, Kevin Herter's career high I think is thirty, and if he would have hit a three, it would have gone to thirty-one. Mm. Uh, but secondly, the end season tournament point differential is a huge category. Mm-hmm. And so the Kings won by seven, and I guess that puts them ahead of the Warriors in the in-season tournament and tied with Minnesota in the in-season tournament with a plus-seven differential. Nice. Yeah. That's big time. Get some, get that NBA Cup, baby. That's right. Go get that weird NBA Cup that <laughs> we don't really know anything about, but they painted the courts. I'm here for it. I actually liked the Kings court. Of all the, of all the courts I've seen, and I've only seen the one in person, but I'm so thankful they didn't go like blue court with gray stripe or something weird like that. The okay. full, the all color courts don't look good to me. They're not aesthetically pleasing. But the gray was fine. I well, like the gray. I, I I like the gray, and I also the Kings use their court to help light up the building. So mm-hmm. it it almost feels a little sterile inside Golden One Center. Like there mm-hmm. isn't a bunch of stuff on the walls. There isn't, it's not like really, it's white walls, it's not fancy, it's uh, almost like a little industrial. 
Mm-hmm. And then their lighting is so bright and it hits the court and that the court is usually so light that it really amps up the like the volume of light in the room. Yeah. Switching to the gray court, I thought was interesting because it kind of dimmed down the place and yeah. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was a good, I had a really good time. So I had never been to a Kings game in the last couple of years where they won. Oh, oh that's right. Get, you had a streak. Right. The, well, not, not really a streak because I'd been to games that they won when I lived out here in like 2018 and 2019. Okay. But it, last year I went to one game. They lost to the Lakers. This year I, I went to the home opener, which they lost against the Warriors. So this was the first time. Friday was the first time that I got to be in the building while the Kings were looking like the Kings and rolling. And Kevin Herter's hitting shots and Keegan Murray's hitting shots and catching bodies. And the place was cra- it was a it was a great, great atmosphere. I went and stood up at the Sierra Nevada Draft House for a while. Shout out to my guy Rob A, who who uh came over and said what's up. It was a blast up there. It was just a party atmosphere, and it helped that the Kings were were playing so well. But it's my first time experiencing that. It's my first beam, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah. I, I like it. Yeah. Um, I've seen too many wins and losses and too many losses, to be honest. Um, so, it, it, no, it, <laughs> Any, it's... Anytime you can cover a win, it's a plus. It's weird to show up to a game and not have it be, like, a, a big deal. Like, because, I, like, everyone there who's going to a game, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, like, they planned yeah. to be there. Mm-hmm. You know, there might be a few people who bought tickets that day, but for the most part, you plan to be there. You spend a bunch of money on tickets, but you lose that when, you, when you're when you there every game and you cover a team. Yeah. It was a fun atmosphere the other night. It was. Trust it was. me. Much, Trust me. As somebody who was standing up in the draft house, I can tell you, it was a ton Much of fun. better than being there while there are cardboard cutouts covering all the chairs. <laughs> All right, let's let's dive into Sunday's action. 49ers get a big win. Raiders get a big win. We'll talk about them both next. He's James Hamm. I'm Kyle Madsen. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. All right, we'll dig into this Kings win over Oklahoma City a little bit. The Kings back in action tonight against the Cleveland Cla- uh, Cleveland Cavaliers mm-hmm. at the Golden One Center. And James, you said it earlier. The Cavs, I think, could oppose uh, a similar matchup to to Oklahoma City just in terms of their their length. Uh, I do think that Cleveland's ability to put the ball in the basket is greater than Oklahoma City's. I Just with so. Darius Garland and, and Donovan Mitchell. I thought so too, but then I started looking at the numbers, and I'm surprised that Cleveland, they just aren't that impressive on paper. So first of all, they're 4-5 and five on the season, mm-hmm. which I, I was slightly surprised by. But also, they're they're only scoring 109.7 a game, which is 24th in the league, and they're giving up 111, which is 13th in the league. Mm-hmm. So they are kind of a grinded out. Their pace is 12th at, at 100. Um, like... They have scores, but they're not an offensive team, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so kind of interesting. They do have a lot of scores, though. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's at 29-5. You got uh, 18-8 for Karis LeVert off the bench. Um, yeah, Karis LeVert can play, too, man. Well, Darius Garland? Karis LeVert like, has, has tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. Like He's not that difficult to defend. Mm-hmm. He's like, at this point, I know this sounds strange, he's kind of the poor man's Cam Thomas. <laughs> so, uh, because Cam Thomas, of, of course, is an NBA legend at this point. Um, but yeah, like I like Harris LeVert, but he he just doesn't do enough. His head's down the whole time, he, you know, staring at the floor. Uh, yeah. 
Let's let's uh, put a pin in the NBA stuff and let's talk about this weekend in the NFL. So the 49ers get a 34-3 win over Jacksonville. It snaps a five-game win streak for the Jags. The 34 points were the 49ers' most since week five. Uh, the three points they allowed were their fewest since week 12 of last season when they shut the Saints out 13-0. Oddly enough, that was also the last time before yesterday that Christian McCaffrey didn't score a touchdown in a game. Bizarre. Super weird. But that looked like the... So there were two things that jumped out to me yesterday. One was the defensive line looked like the defensive line again. I think Chase Young was extremely helpful. Yes. But it looked like... I haven't gotten a chance to look at the All-22 where you can see all the players, and that's it's a little tougher to see this on the TV copy, but it looked like they were playing more like press man, so playing up closer to the receivers mm-hmm. and not letting them get free releases where those quick throws are easier to complete. And... They made a change personnel-wise. They took Isaiah Oliver off the field, put Diamador Lenore in the slot, and started Ambry Thomas at the opposite corner from Traverius Ward. And Lenore was good, and Ambry Thomas was excellent. You should have had a touchdown if it wasn't for a bunch of yahoos running on the field. Including Kyle Shanahan. Oh, my goodness. But, yeah, Ambry Thomas really – when I saw he was was starting – it was I, I'm going I've got Calvin Ridley on my fantasy team. Calvin Ridley's gonna light it up today. Oh they're just gonna spam barbecue chicken. They're just gonna spam Calvin Ridley with the, when he's when he's guarded by Ambry Thomas. Yeah. Because like, that's what that's what happened. That's why Ambry Thomas got pulled in week two. Because he was just getting cooked by Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwa. Yeah, but I think the difference is first of all, they no one really knew who those two receivers were, mm-hmm. right? Coming into that game. Sure. You had no idea that they were gonna be a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I also think you brought up that they were, the corners were physical. They were up on mm-hmm. the wide receivers. And we talked about this on, on Friday. The problem that you have with Trevor Lawrence is he gets a ball out of his hands really quickly. Yes. By jamming the receivers and taking them off their lines, you were able to buy that split second for your defensive line mm-hmm. to get through the through the front line of of the Jags mm-hmm. and put pressure on Trevor Lawrence and then all bets are off and that's right. like I thought it was like a really really quick way to just disrupt everything mm-hmm. and everything worked because of it yeah and it's going to be interesting next week against a against a receiving core that features Mike Evans who you can't just go up and bump he's just going to throw you aside and and get open but now. I think Tampa Bay and teams moving forward can are going to maybe game plan more for this. So it'll be interesting to see now how, how Steve Wilkes will adjust. But Fred Warner said after the game that it was nice having Steve Wilkes on the sideline because the communication was better. And I think that probably played a role too mm-hmm. in, in their adjustment down the stretch and only letting the Jags uh, get the three points. So uh, overall, that's what the Niners defense is supposed to look like. I'm not going to sit here and, and you know praise them for doing what they should be doing. That was just an encouraging sign that they weren't giving up 30 points again. Yeah. I mean, it's not just that they weren't giving up. It's that they put pressure on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They they did the things that you needed. You know, even like you had the Fred Warner interception. Well, that's, that's again, it's a pressure situation. Right. Yep. There's a reason why that happened, and you know the both both of his interceptions were were because of pressure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that and they also forced the fumble. Like Bosa got the mm-hmm. the half sack, forced fumble, fumble yep. recovery, which played well in my IDP. <laughs> uh, it, you know, sure. fantasy fantasy league. But um, yeah, I, I thought that this was a game where the 49ers, for the first time 
they looked balanced. You know, Eric Armstead got to the quarterback early. Uh, Farrell got to the quarterback. Uh, Javon Hargrave put pressure on the quarterback. Again, Chase Young was there. And so these are all things where, like, you want to see how it looks three, four weeks in and against really top-tier talent. And I mm-hmm. think the Jags were rolling. Um, I'm just not convinced that they're quite there yet. They're a team, you know, maybe like an OKC, like to or a Cleveland, like yeah. to, to compare them to um, to to NBA teams. They're they're on the cusp, they're on the rise, but they're not quite there yet. And they just faced like top tier talent and and got stomped. Yeah, they're a group of it's a talented group of players. It's still like maybe one or two away. Yeah, and their offensive line was not was not good. But yeah, five sacks, one and a half for Bosa, one and a half for Javon Hargrave. Cleveland Furl had a had a full sack. Mm-hmm. I believe he had half a sack twice. And then and then half for Armstead and half for Chase Young. And like I said, good. That's what defensive line that's what that defensive line should be doing. Yeah. And that's that's the beginning and end of it. On the other side of the ball, it turns out, James, that it's easier to play offense with Debo Samuel and Trent Williams in the lineup. Who'd have thunk? I that that's a really really astute observation. Thank you. Yeah, I was um, I was really proud of it. I yes. thought of it yesterday. I, I will tell you this though: uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Uh, Brock Purdy hit seven different receivers. Yeah, he spread I the ball around. I didn't look. I think that's a season high. I'm almost sure that's a season high. I, I guarantee it's a season high. It's something <laughs> that I watch. I mean, there's been weeks where he throws right. to three and four players. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he got Kyle Juszczyk in the game, mm-hmm. um, that he threw him a touchdown. You know, Ronnie Bell gets a catch. Juan Jennings gets a catch. Uh, Debo has his, you know, four catches, but McCaffrey has six, and Ayuk has three, and Kittles has three. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like really, I, I think Bravo, uh, he targeted – Every one of those wide receivers for at least two, except for Ronnie Bell, who only got one target. And uh, that's a good thing. He's checking mm-hmm. down. Like it tells you, he checked down to McCaffrey for 10 targets. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that was that was one of my, one of my I guess, like nitpicks with Purdy yesterday mm-hmm. was it felt like there were a couple of times, and maybe this is good. Like I said, I haven't gotten to see anything except for the, the TV copy, but there were a couple of times in the pocket where he created pressure by not just throwing the football. Okay. And I... I don't know if that's because if he because he was hesitating to throw over the middle because he was scared to throw a pick or if he's recognizing how defenses are playing them and and not cutting that ball loose into a linebacker's chest. So that'll be interesting to go see because you mentioned the 10 targets for McCaffrey. So many of those were like, okay, throws not there over the middle and you would see a Purdy pump fake and then just get rid of it to McCaffrey out in the flat. Or as a as a checkdown option, so I, I I do want to go see that, but overall, I mean, nineteen of twenty six for two ninety six and three touchdowns, got away with maybe the dumbest throw of the day in the yeah. NFL, but um, well, when, I don't it, know when that. it results in a touchdown, Jameis Winston throw was pretty dumb, and it being <laughs> well, touchdown. Okay, I mean it of was the, of the, throws by starting quarterbacks. No, that's yeah. true. <laughs> that's true. Because you're right, Jameis Jameis is a wild one, but. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought Purdy was good, man. Two ninety six, three touchdowns, and I, I thought that the he just had control of everything, and his pocket presence is spectacular. Like mm-hmm. his ability to to get out of like little jams mm-hmm. and move, like really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. I, I'm really surprised he doesn't run the ball more, and and you know take off. It's um, probably it's probably good that he doesn't. I don't know how I don't know how many hits his body can take. Okay. <laughs> But 
I, it, the fact that he keeps his eyes up and finds receivers downfield and doesn't make dumb throws when he's scrambling, except for the touchdown to Ayuk, like that's that's probably a plus. At least I think. Yeah, I think so too. But he's definitely, to your point, athletic enough to make more plays on the ground. Yeah, he is athletic enough, and, and but you want to keep him upright all season, all season long. I mean, you don't want to have to do the whole Sam Darnold thing. Yeah, boy, you sure don't. No. Sam Darnold checked into the game yesterday, halfway through a drive. That was—I don't think I've ever seen that. Oh, that's weird. They got the completion to Ronnie Bell, and then Purdy was done. Maybe he was over, like sitting there sipping on a martini or something. Like, hey, bro, you're in the game. It's like. Like what? Oh, someone give me my helmet or something. Like, uh. <laughs> Where's my helmet? Yeah, it's strange. <laughs> I have one more, one more nitpick with this Niners game. A thing that I did not love about Sunday's game. We'll talk about the Raiders on the other side, and then of course we got to get to good, bad, and ugly from the Kings win over the Thunder on Friday. We're the insiders. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Now, back to the insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Oh yeah, we're back couple more things from Sunday before we we turn back the clock to Friday and talk about this Kings win. We'll get into the good, bad, and ugly from their victory over the Oklahoma City Thunder. One more Niners thing, then I want to get to a Raiders thing first. Okay. How did you feel about the 49ers trying to get Christian McCaffrey a touchdown in his 18th consecutive game? So they had pulled their starters. They got to a third down. They gave it to Christian. They brought Christian McCaffrey back in. Gave him like an end around thing, so he got a bunch of yards. And then they took four shots with him to the end zone and didn't score. 
This is with their backups in. Yeah, I was. I think that's the problem that the backups were in. Like, I didn't like that they they intentionally. I, I mean, I get going for a record because I mean he's tied. He tied the all time record with seventeen. Yeah, he was trying to break the record for most touchdowns scored in consecutive games. The thing about McCaffrey that I always get when they show like a a look in like him inside his helmet. He just looks so incredibly intense that every time I'm like, man, did they clear this by him? Is he okay going out there and trying to get this? Or is that who he is? He's that guy that like, mm. I got to get that mm-hmm. record. Like he's so intense. I don't know. I just like they, they got him hit like an extra three times. And if he would have got hurt, uh, then I would have been lambasting and that's it. like calling for Kyle Shanahan to never coach football ever again. <laughs> So here's here's the here's the 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 two possible outcomes. Well the the three. One, they don't get it, he's fine, no big deal. Because those were touches number 20, 21, and twenty two. He had twenty two touches for the day. So we only had nineteen when this whole charade started. Okay. There's a possibility that he scores and everybody goes, Cool. And All right. forty one to three now. And he forced a touchdown to Christian McCaffrey. Or he gets hurt. And the risk reward to me doesn't doesn't play there. No, I'm with you. It, it and, and and this feels like like old man yelling at cloud. But yeah, of course. But Shakes dude, his. their their whole thing but their whole thing has been injuries the last few years. They haven't been able to stay healthy. And they've mm-hmm. finally, for the most part, stayed healthy. They just got Debo Samuel and Trent Williams back. And I'm not even worried about the long term you know, racking up hits on his butt. That's that's not even, like I said, 22 touches in a game is probably about where you expect Christian McCaffrey to be. So that's fine. But A, you had an opportunity to not have him get those extra touches. But B, the 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 if he gets rolled up on or gets hit in the head or concussion protocol foot wrong or something yeah it, it just doesn't to to force this touchdown in a game where you're already up 34 and there's three minutes left it just it or 31 and there's three minutes i just uh somebody in the chat i think it was was it was it manny in the chat said i don't like forcing records that's what that's what that felt like to me okay cool he would have gotten the touchdown but like for what in what context so i get why they did it earlier this year Christian McCaffrey had a chance to go for five touchdowns and the 49ers had it at the one against the Cardinals and they snuck it with Brock Purdy instead. And Shanahan after the game said, I didn't even know he had four touchdowns. I'm not paying attention to that stuff. Yeah. He so, was clearly paying attention to this one, Kyle. Very much so. Yeah. He, he definitely knew exactly what was going on. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think it cheapens anything. I just think that like you got away with it. That's, yeah, that's at it. the end of the day, you got away with it and you know, we move on. I don't I don't hate it and honestly stuff like that is probably why players like Kyle Shanahan so much. Yeah. But I, at the same time as somebody who has written about injury after injury after injury with this team over the last half decade it's like man that is that is risky. Oh, I for, thought it was. For a consecutive games including the playoffs record. Yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh with the Raiders you and I have talked about this purgatory and that purgatory of being not in position to go get a high draft pick, but also not in position to hunt for the playoffs. Yep. I think the Raiders are a prime example this year of of winning 
ultimately having a greater impact than possibly getting a better draft pick. Because I think they have enough foundational pieces, the Raiders do, that you can set a culture right now. Okay. And maybe they only win six or seven games. But I think there's more value in these last two weeks and then another win or two that they get the rest of the way than they would get from having the ninth pick instead of the 14th pick. I'm with you. I just wish they would have realized that a couple of that, weeks earlier. That, yes. So yes. again, I would have been okay if that's what you're trying to do. If you're trying to be good vibes team, like, hey, we have to build a culture here. Mm-hmm. We can't just be about getting draft picks. It can't, you know, we can't just keep running out there and 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 losing games badly and looking and embarrassing ourselves and having no path forward. So yeah, I just wish like two weeks earlier, number one, they probably would have had at least one win more, maybe two. Um, and they would have been in a much better situation, but I'm okay. If they, if they finish the season like seven, well, eight and nine and God, that'd be huge. they're in the middle of the pack, they get like a, would that be like a number 18 draft pick, whatever, maybe, maybe 15. Um, then I'm okay with that because mm-hmm. at least you're building on something. And if Antonio Pierce is that guy, like, good, you found somebody mm-hmm. that's big. Um, but what you can't do is keep doing what you were doing with a guy who was a lame duck from, that, from, from yes. like three weeks into the last season. Yeah. He was a lame duck. Yeah. And you're like, oh, this is not good. Like, what were they doing when they paid this guy? And it so. stinks, but that Mark Davis has acknowledged as such, or as much, as such, as much, that he's go. acknowledged that is, like, paramount. Like, that is a huge step in the right direction. Now they've won two in a row. They're doing the victory cigars. Like, man, even if they lose to Miami next week, it just doesn't, this is so much more valuable than whatever would have happened with Josh McDaniels, or if they lost these last two weeks, can you imagine the direction the team would be heading if you lose to the Giants and Tommy DeVito, and mm. then you lose to the Jets and Zach Wilson, and now you have to go play Miami? You're you're heading toward a draft pick where you're 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 bringing that 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 player, that young player, that high draft pick into a losing culture. Oh yeah, totally. So I I just I I this is one of those rare times where I'm like, hey man, winning is way better. For this team long term, even if it means sacrificing that draft position. Yeah, and I think you know this is Mark Davis's like knowing uh, knowing is half the battle moment. Like he figured it out out of nowhere that like hey we can't keep doing this and we have to cut ties and we have to move forward and whatever that looks like, however bad it gets from here on out, it cannot be any worse than what than what our path forward is right now. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah, notice it's funny that it came right after the Las Vegas Aces season ended. Like he finally tapped into the Raiders and he's like, "Okay, what's going on here? Oh my god! Oh no! <laughs> like, oh god! Fire everybody! Oh Kelly Clarkson! Oh jeez! <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, thank you. Let's switch gears and talk uh, talk about the Kings here on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Jiffy Lube Fast Break Player of the Game coming up in the next hour. By the way. Oh yeah. A lot of good games on Friday. You and I were sitting next to each other. And you went, hey, working on the rundown right now, which I respect the hell out of, by the way. Working on Monday's rundown on a Friday night's a pro move. And you're going, who's going to be the player of the game? I structurally built it out on Friday. That's true. Yeah. No, it's e- it's easy work. And I go, well, it's got to be. And I start looking at the stat monitor there. It's like, oh, my God. Well, it's got to be him. Oh, no. Well, him. Mm-hmm. Ah, well, maybe. Mm-hmm. But 
we've settled on one. We'll let you know who it is a little bit later on. You go to ESPN1320.com. You click on the Jiffy Lube contest page right there at the front. You're going to enter the keyword that James and I give you, and you will be entered to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. We'll be doing this after every single game this season. So make sure to get tapped in and get your $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate or enter to get your $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. That's coming up in a little bit. Let's get to some of the good from Friday night, James, because there was a lot of it. I think the thing that jumps out the most to me when you look at the Kings without De'Aaron Fox the conversation you and I had when he got hurt, and then every subsequent game after that (laughs) was who's going to step up? Who's it going to be? And on Friday night, it was Keegan Murray, Damana Sabonis, and Kevin Herter. All three of them. And did the, the shots went down, and there were rebounds and assists, and we can talk about all that. But those three players, the three players who I believe when De'Aaron Fox is out are their three best players, particularly on offense took 51 of their 91 shots. That's what has to happen in that scenario. And that they went out and they did that and then found other ways to be impactful. They also combined uh, Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter alone combined for 20 rebounds. Uh, Domas added 13. Uh, I I just, I, that was the exact, they scored a a combined 69 points. So just a really nice night uh, for those three guys. And three guys that needed to be this good while while De'Aaron was out. I thought it was really interesting to watch it unfold because early in the game, it was Domana Sabonis dominating, physically dominating mm-hmm. the the Thunder. Like, his dunk on Chet was spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, holy cow. Like, finally! He just went right through him. Well, finally, but the game before, he also, like, I, I think it was even bigger numbers. It was 27. Yeah. Uh, like, he missed a triple-double, but 27, 11, and 9. But just right? going through a smaller center is what I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, a lightweight center, for mm-hmm. sure, right? And that's, again, I we're going to see that again tonight against the Cavs. Mm-hmm. Like, these are the guys that Demonis Sabonis loves playing against. Like, give him a Jared Allen. Give him a, go ahead and throw Evan Mobley at him. There's mm-hmm. no way they can stop him. He'll bully them down low, right? So I think he set the tempo. But I will tell you that I thought Kevin Herter was spectacular, his really good. His engine, you could see him flying off of screens. You could see him cutting hard all over the place. He he was in it, mm-hmm. and that to me was like he was the guy that started to raise the level of intensity of the game. Mm-hmm. And then you let Keegan Murray shoot through it. Like keep keep shooting. We mm-hmm. got you. Go try other things. Get to the rim. Go dunk on on um. Why am I? On Chet, go ju- mm-hmm. go dunk on him. That's fine. Like whatever you got to do, and then all of a sudden, three start falling, mm-hmm. and you're like, uh oh, yeah. Now we're seeing Keegan Murray step up. So I said this like a week ago. Is it is there a possibility this is a good thing that De'Aaron Fox has missed his time? That you're you're forcing Kevin Herter and Keegan Murray to get outside of their comfort zones and to become something bigger and better for this team. Mm. After that game on Friday, I think yes is the answer. Because all of a sudden, if Kevin Herter can go from a 15-point-per-game guy to a 17- or 18-point-per-game guy, and he mm. doesn't have to do it all the time, but if that's if he's starting to take one more step, and you got to remember, he's only 25. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a young player. Um, I, I think that the Kings have even more promising times ahead the thing that impressed me most about kevin herter in that first quarter so he scores 15 points 
but it was three of five from three and then three of three from just layups, like finding whether it was getting back in transition for a layup or I think he had a steal and a layup in there. It Mm -hmm. it was, he was so active on more than just the perimeter. And that's what, when he was struggling with his shot, that's kind of what we wanted to see was like, dude, get, he can get going in that mid range game. And then, and then that, that little float game that he has, and then cutting and getting open. And then the three start to fall. He had it all go had Jesus. He had that all going for him on Friday and turns in his best performance of the year by like a lot. I so. think I think we started seeing the two man game against um against the Blazers mm-hmm. with him and Sabonis mm-hmm. and he like missed one or two uh, layups like right in the beginning of the game mm-hmm. but you started to see oh look at that they're they're using Herder mm-hmm. in a different way and they're running Herder off of the screen and then he's cutting sharp to the basket. Right. Domas is throwing it over the top. Herder at 6'7". Mm-hmm. People always forget he's 6'7". Like, easy bucket right in the middle of the key. Mm-hmm. That's when we started to see easy baskets. Mm-hmm. And the Kings have really struggled to get easy baskets. Yep. Uh, you know, I was sitting courtside in, in pregame with Alvin Gentry. And he said, one of the things that stands out is that we just aren't getting anything easy. And mm-hmm. it's like, okay, that's interesting. You know, they're shooting like 6% below their standard, uh, their field goal percentage of last year on two-point made baskets. You're just not getting anything simple. And all of a sudden, you if you cut hard, if you, you're active off the ball, that's when you start getting easy bu- uh, buckets. And even like with Herder, as soon as he starts doing that play where he's coming around and, and he's scoring at the rim, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden somebody's got to cheat a little bit to try to slow Herder down, and that opens a corner up. So there's Harrison Barnes sitting in the corner. Um, I would also point out that for some reason, they're not running any of these two-man games with Harrison Barnes and Demontis Sabonis. So it's almost like they're intentionally trying to get Kevin Herter mm-hmm. and Keegan Murray going, and then we'll get to Harrison later. And that's that seems like a, a weird way that I'm seeing it play out, but it's making Harrison like almost not part of anything. He's just a stand well, in the corner guy. Well, I mean, with all due respect to Harrison, that's probably the direction this is heading. If Kevin Herter is going to be the player the Kings wanted to be, and if Keegan Murray is going to be the player the Kings wanted to be, and then you bring in De'Aaron Fox, like, yeah, that's what Harrison Barnes is probably going to be that type of guy. But if he's going to stripe it at 43% on catch and shoot threes or whatever, great. That's maximizing his his value, but I don't I, I don't blame the Kings for that. Like, I, what, I don't blame them p- either. I would just say this, Kyle. If we're gonna sit here and have a radio show every day where we like analyze the Kings mm-hmm. and we want to like put a bunch of blame on a guy like Harrison Barnes, we should also acknowledge that he's not a player who brings a ball up. He's not a player who's getting into the two-man game with Demonis mm-hmm. Sabonis. So his his opportunities are mm-hmm. super limited. Not only is he shooting way fewer shots than he has in the past, mm-hmm. but he doesn't even have the ball because his usage is so low at this point and his assist numbers are down. And so that's all I was saying. Like, again, I I, I think that we're... We're honest about like the shortcomings of Harrison Barnes as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the fact that, you know, again, if you go to last season, he averaged 9.6 shots per game. You go to the season before, it's 10.8. He's mm-hmm. at 8.4 shots per game right now. 
and he's shooting 47.8 from the field. He's shooting 40.5% from, uh, from, uh, three. Mm-hmm. Um, he's getting to the line way less because he has a ball way less. Right. So I, I think it's part of it. I, I it's would, not even for me with, with Harrison, it's not even putting the ball in the hoop. Yeah. It's go get an extra possession. Go get a rebound. That's like the that, thing. Those are the little th- Those are. Yeah. And I would never, that's, I don't, I want to make it clear here. I'm never blaming Harrison Barnes for any struggles the Kings have. He's not putting blame on him for me. It's more like, hey, here's a player who can help out in X, Y, and Z ways. Yep. More than he is. And so I think it's probably ideal that that he's not shooting it as much because that means Keegan Murray and Kevin Herter and Domas and De'Aaron Fox are getting going and then Malik Monk. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's the... I need more than what's he at? Two and a half boards a game. Two point nine. Oh, almost up. up to three. Look at him go. Yeah, I would like to see that number at like five or six. Well, that's his career average is five. Yeah, and, get, and a couple of years ago he was at six point six. Yeah, get up, get up, get back up to that. Like that's that's more my my thing with Harrison, but that's a separate separate no, thing. I'm with you. I'm with you. And and you can't also can't have nights where Jeremy Grant like just abuses you. Mm-hmm. Like Jeremy Grant is a quality scorer at the NBA level, yeah. but he's really, he's never been able to score on like a very good team. He's always mm-hmm. scored, put up numbers on bad teams. Yeah. Um, so I'm not trying to take away from Jeremy Grant, but what you can't do is let him have 38. Yeah. And a good portion of those are on you. Like it was something like he shot six of eight against Harrison Barnes. Well, that's a, yeah, that just can't happen. Yeah. But again, that's a separate, separate, conversation Harrison Barnes was was fine the Kings won uh I thought you had this written down and this was I think the biggest shot of the game Sasha Vizankov his first three of the game because it came early in the fourth early in the fourth quarter yeah and it was I thought it was Shea but it was Josh Giddy gets the and one and hits the free throw to cut it to five Mm. and that's where that game it's like man in the balance OKC gets a stop here Things get dicey. But Sasha comes down, drills a three, gets it right back to eight. And that that to me, it wasn't game over at that point, but that's where it felt like, okay, the Kings have separated themselves. And they did. They never the the Thunder never really got it back within within shouting distance. Yeah, they tried to get close one other time and he hit another three. And then the shot, uh our friend Brendan Nunez, um, he has a he he was doing a screenshot of he was watching it back and you could see it looked like Sasha Vizenkov was shooting an arrow in the corner. His release was really was really interesting and it wasn't intentional. He wasn't like doing the old, I don't know, hmm. who was it that shot an arrow every time? Um, oh, oh. That's going to bother me. Wes Matthews. That's it. Thank Wes you. Wes Matthews. Oh, boy. That yeah. was really going to bug me. <laughs> yeah, that was a pull. I'm not sure how, uh, I, yeah. That's really uh, well done by you. Yeah, so... Uh, that was huge. I thought Sasha came up. And, and the other thing I point out, like, look, Sasha got benched. Mm-hmm. Like, they went a different direction. Yeah. They, they went to Kessler Edwards, and then Kessler Edwards came in. That was tough. Quickly fouled somebody. Yeah. Quickly, like, uh-oh. Dude, I, I've never seen a player get subbed out with that much haste. Just like, uh, first, like, he's out of it. Get done. That's, that's what happened last like, year when they, for the night. they put uh, Namiya's Keita up against... I believe it was Joel Embiid. Mm-hmm. Three fouls and go sit on the bench. He was, he had just got <laughs> the backup center job and that lasted three minutes and he was done. Oh, oh man. Yeah, it was like, oh my gosh, that's harsh. 
Uh, so I thought he was big. And then the other good from that game, man, Keon Ellis. Like, Shout out to Keon, man. What a bundle of joy. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's what you like. Every time you're, you're watching him, you're like, he just plays with the spirit. He had that putback dunk. He's never fouled anyone in his life, you can tell. Like every time he is so surprised when someone blows a whistle at him. Um, but man, he just plays with energy and he plays with like spirit. And uh, I, I totally dig what Keon Ellis is doing. Yeah, they needed it. They needed some kind of spark like that. And I don't know if Keon Ellis has any role when De'Aaron Fox gets back. Probably not. But I mean, it's nice to know that when Fox is out that you have a player that you can go to who's just going to bring it like that. Yeah, that I think kind of stuff maybe later in the show, because we're running low on time here, um, maybe we get into that discussion or maybe we do it later this week. What does Keon Ellis's development mean for Davion Mitchell? Oh, snap. And, and, yeah. I it's mean, a great like, midweek topic. Yeah. Like, how do we get to that at uh, that point? So um, I think it's interesting. But what I do know is he's played really, really well and he deserves another look. You want to root through the bad and ugly here in three minutes? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh, bad. Sh- I, I don't even... You you have this down here as a bad. I'm not going to call it bad. Shea Gilgis Alexander is just really good. No, he is, but you had no answer at all. He, Does any team? He's out there running around like Jeremy Grant putting up points on you. <laughs> yep. Is that the new standard? That's no, right. Jer- Jeremy Grant going for 38, it's like, dude, you got to have an answer. Shea going for 33, he's at... He, he, he scored 35 against Phoenix last night. Yep. Game before Sacramento, he had 43 against Cleveland. Game before that against Atlanta, he had 30. Like, Shea just Shea just pours it in, man. No, he does, and he's ISO Joe. I mean, he does everything off off uh, yeah. slow motion bouncing, yeah. and yeah, I mean, I he's love, really I, talented. I love, his, I, I love his style of game, and there's a little bit of this to D'Angelo Russell as well, but okay. just that methodical, not super quick, not super shifty, just going to get to his spot and get his shot. Mm-hmm. I, I love watching players like that, but yeah, yep. Shay's a Shay's a Shay's a tough guard for sure. Pace still wasn't great. Nope. In uh, in Friday night's game, what what they finish at? I want to say it was ninety eight point six or something. Uh, yeah. It's like your temperature. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't it's like think that's fine. But I don't think I have it written down, but by hundred point five. Oh, it was a hundred point five. So yeah. they broke a hundred pace. Yeah, look at them go. It's a miracle. I think that's the first time they've done that since De'Aaron Fox has been out. It is the first time they've done it since De'Aaron Fox <laughs> has been back. And like the Kings, pace wise, uh, are all the way down to twenty fourth in the league at ninety nine point four one. It's not going to do it. Uh, that's not going to cut it. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Duarte, Chris Duarte, slipping out of the rotation. Yeah, um, it, it's happening quickly. Uh, he had the one game against Houston where he came in, he brought energy and hit a bunch mm-hmm. of shots in the first half. That's not who they want him to be. In that situation, it was fine, but yeah. that's not who they want him to be overall. No. And uh, yeah, he's got to figure it out because um, he's slip sliding right out of that rotation. Yeah, if you can't defend without fouling, like that's... And Keon is going to take you all minutes. Yeah, 100%. And then under ugly, and these are uh, we can we can stop the conversation here because I think this is something that that we're going to be talking about a lot going forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harrison Barnes really struggled four points. He was one of eight from the floor, and then you got Davion Mitchell one of six, coming off the back of of maybe his best game of the year. So he was a non-factor. I, I Davion not good. I think Harrison Barnes and Davion Mitchell are going to be two guys that we talk a lot about. That's very possible, into, especially if Kevin Herter keeps playing like this and. Keon Ellis keeps playing like this. Maybe there are minutes at the three. What's the date? December 15th? Yeah. That's the date? That's the date. 
I think HB and Davion are going to be popular players to discuss uh, leading up to that December 15th date. All right. Big weekend ahead for the Kings. We'll discuss that. And then we'll look around the NFL at some of the other games that mattered uh, for the 49ers in their quest to uh, be the one seed, make the playoffs, whatever it is they're doing right now. Uh, we'll talk about that next here on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. We're back. Hour number two, taking you right up to noon, where we'll hand it off to D'Lo and KC. After just a just a big weekend in Northern California, I know the Raiders aren't technically here anymore, but still a huge Raider fan contingent mm-hmm. up in Northern California. Got a dub last night. Niners get a dub yesterday morning. Kings got a dub on Friday. We're talking about all the wins right here on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen. And real quick, I want to I want to talk about some of the other NFL action that that mattered for for San Francisco yesterday. But the Kings have a Big week coming up. Mm-hmm. So they've got the Cavs, and then they hit that six-game roadie that starts with the Lakers in L.A. on Wednesday down at Staples Center. Staples Center? Crypto, is it still Crypto.com no, Arena? Again. I believe it went back to Staples. Hilarious. So even if it's not, it's still Staples. So that's right. That's, that's where this is headed. Now, do you have updates on De'Aaron Fox and Slash or Trey Lyles? Okay, yeah, De'Aaron Fox practiced fully yesterday. Great. Uh, he is listed as doubtful today, which per the NBA, um, if you're probable, that means there's a 75% chance you you play. Mm-hmm. If you're questionable, it's 50-50. If you're doubtful, there's a 25% chance that you play. Um, I'm kind of surprised that uh, he isn't. Uh, he hasn't been bumped up throughout the day. Uh, and just because he's doubtful yesterday does not mean that he can't like play tonight. Um, there will be a point today where they have to make a decision. Wasn't he doubtful after he hurt his finger in the playoffs and then played? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So um, I think what we're going to have to see is how he responded to yesterday's practice. If his ankle swelled up, if he has any residual, uh, how he dealt with contact and all that stuff. And then we'll play it from there. Uh, if he shows up today and he feels great, I would be surprised if we didn't see him. Um, it's going to be lateral quickness. It's going to be all that stuff. But uh, if he shows up and is like, hey, I'm still a little clunky, um, you know, shoot around is happening right about now. I haven't looked to see uh, uh, what the plan is there. If he has, uh, maybe they haven't been let in yet um, for a shoot around. But um, yeah, I definitely think that there's a possibility of, of him playing tonight. Trey Lyles, on the other hand, Still isn't practicing. He's still non-contact. Um, Jeez, I don't, I don't know what the deal is, but I mean, we saw him like it's been like ten days ago. Do a workout uh, in front of us, and he looked great then. But he kept saying, "Like I still feel it." So uh, they're just going to be super cautious. It's not just about healing up the calf muscle; it's about gaining strength in the calf muscle yeah. once you once you do uh, heal it up. And it's the last thing you want to do is rush a guy back from that specific injury. Yeah, no doubt. So hopefully De'Aaron Fox tonight, but still officially doubtful. Yeah, it's officially doubtful. I, I would say like there's a, a better chance that he plays on um, on Wednesday sure. than today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like we're close. We're just about there. Okay. 
Around the NFL, the 49ers, they got a win yesterday. The Raiders get their win yesterday. So the 49ers stayed at the number three seed in the NFC because they got no help. No help. They got none help. So the first game that matters for the 49ers is the Minnesota Vikings because the Vikings have the head-to-head tiebreaker yep. over San Francisco. So if San Francisco does not win their division and they wind up in that 5-6-7 seed range, the Vikings will have the the tiebreaker over them in head-to-head. However, however, the Vikings are worth talking about just because of Josh Dobbs. It's such a great story, it's man. It's unbelievable. I, like, I, I, oh, my I'm, God. <laughs> I'm in love with this story. Watching him play every weekend, he is awesome. He's so fun. Like, if, again, if you're a team that's out there that's trying to build a franchise, why didn't why didn't the Jets go get Josh Dobbs? Like, it cost them think- nothing. It was a six. They, they gave up a six-round pick for Josh Dobbs in a seventh. Like, if I'm the Raiders... And Josh Dobbs is a free agent this summer. Like, sign me up, man. This dude's a winner. Yeah. I am a winner. He is. Oh, I've got that for you. Hang on. Here's what Josh Dobbs said after the game yesterday. I'm a winner. Yeah, he sure did. And that's, then I said. You will not be slept on no more. That's brother. right. You will not be no, slept man. on no he more. Was, I mean, he was really good for, for the Cardinals. I, sh- I shouldn't say. He was good for the Cardinals, but they were they were losing hand over fist. And then in his last game for them, he goes 25-37 against Baltimore, two touchdowns, two picks. The game before that, 146 yards, 19-33, of 33, no touchdowns, no picks. The game before that, a 26-9 loss to the Rams, 51.2% completions, 235 yards, no touchdowns, a pick. Like, it just, it looked like, oh, okay, here's the, you know, clock struck midnight. He's, he's a fine backup, but he's not going to win you a ton of games as a starter. But then Minnesota goes and gets him. He has that incredible win last week against against Atlanta where he didn't know his players at all, didn't know any of the playbook, had never taken a snap with any of these guys. And then yesterday goes out against New Orleans, hangs up 27 on them. He throws a touchdown, no interceptions. He was 7.9 yards per attempt, 101.1 rating. He ran it eight times for 44 yards and a touchdown. Like He just looks like a really good dual-threat quarterback in Minnesota. Yeah. I'm down, man. Shout out, man. I think he's like, if he's not going to be their full-time quarterback, he needs to be a full-time quarterback somewhere else. I think that's, yeah. I I do want to point out uh, my good friend, Sean Cunningham uh, from Fox 40. And of course the Kings beat uh, has just posted. De'Aaron Fox was a full participant at shoot around status for tonight's game to be updated later. He goes through a full shoot around, bro. He's playing. He playing. He's playing. There's a good chance. He is playing this evening. Yes. I don't want to like, I don't want to make it like official official until they make it official. So I'm just going to go real quiet on the applause and the air horns. Oh, there you go. Parcel horns. So we'll just go real quiet. <laughs> once it's, once it's officially updated later, Damien can, can hit the real air horns. No. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, uh, for the 49ers sake, you would like to see Minnesota lose, but dude, for, as a football fan, as a person who just enjoys watching stories and watching the NFL, I want Josh Dobbs to win all of the games. This is so much fun. <laughs> it's a really, really good time watching Josh Dobbs play football. Yeah, no, I, I'm totally down. I mean, this is a guy who is, um, you know, like had to find his way into the league. He's played for five teams in like the last two years. He's played, so he was with Cleveland at in camp this year. Lost out to Dorian Thompson Robinson for the backup job. Gets traded a two weeks before the season to Arizona, becomes Arizona's starter, 
is fine there, but then at the deadline gets traded to Minnesota and with no experience becomes Minnesota's starter and is now 2-0. and Well, and he was forced into becoming the Minnesota starter because their rookie went out and got, like, knocked out. Yeah, Jalen Hall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, like, concussion. this is absolutely spectacular, though. Like, it, the way he took off on, on uh, like, the... I don't know if it's a naked bootleg or what, but mm-hmm. the way he changed speed and set up the defender and the race to the corner of the end zone, like, oof, that's big time, super man. Impressive. Yeah, he super is. Impressive. He is super fun. So. Against a really good Saints defense, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good Saints defense, and he lit him up uh, for 27 points. Just a really, really good showing from Joshua Dobbs. All right, other action around the NFL that mattered to the 49ers next, and we'll also uh, dive into San Francisco's 34-3 win over the Jags yesterday in Jacksonville. That's all coming up next on the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ASPN 1320. Now, back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hey, Causeway Classic this weekend. James, you and I got beef this week. That's right. We got beef. (laughs) (laughs) You who's never been to a UC Davis football game? I've never been to any sporting event at UC Davis at all. Wow. Dang. Yeah. That's bananas, dude. Yeah, I did. Not even once. Never once. Never once. No, like um, I did do a history project with a UC Davis basketball player. Um, We built like a diorama together. Oh, sick. Um, Yeah, of uh, the Enola Gay exhibit from the, the plane that dropped the bomb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. So we we reconstructed what should have been because there was a fight at the Smithsonian. The, so the Enola Gay was left out in a battlefield like junkyard and was rusting out. And uh, the Smithsonian got their hands on it and spent hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars restoring it. And then we're going to build an exhibit around it with um, sort of all the things that happened around it. And uh, the Air Force and the military shut down every single one of their scripts for the museum because they didn't want anything represented as what happened from the actual right propaganda bomb. only yeah yeah sure so, okay uh, yeah so now it sits in the smithsonian like with a plaque here is the enola gay and that's it dot 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 <laughs> Jeez. yeah Aaron space was is it in Aaron space it probably Aaron space was closed when i was at the smithsonian okay yeah that was a bummer Oh, uh, that that would see. I've never been to the Smithsonian, so yeah, I would like to. I would like to fly out and see. We actually built the script that was presented by the Smithsonian originally, oh. so we we built that in like in a giant diorama form. Like it was, I think, four feet long and two or three feet wide. Oh my wide. god! It was after we were done. We donated it to the history department, and I think it's in the history library or something at uc davis i'm gonna go find that's my mission is to find it someday we did get an a plus a plus a plus for it good yeah i love that for you and for the basketball player that worked on it with you yeah that's fantastic well done boys shout out to him yeah um nfl week 10 the we did the minnesota game the lions beat the chargers 41 38 maybe (laughs) game of the year candidate that was incredible. It was so much fun to watch. It looked like a video game. It did. It was just up and down the field, but it wasn't... You know when there's there's a high-scoring game? Like, okay, the Raider game last night, for mm-hmm. example. Low-scoring game. 
And somebody tweeted out, man, if you like defense, this is the game for you. And it's like, eh, is it good defense or bad offense? The the thing that was fun about the, the Lions-Chargers game is I don't think there was a ton of bad defense necessarily. It wasn't like, oh, man, blown coverage here and a missed tackle there. And, oh, man, these four dropped interceptions. It wasn't anything like that. It was just really good offensive play calling and really good execution and two good quarterbacks going at it and two good sets of weapons going at it. I had I had so much fun watching that game yesterday. Yeah, it was a blast. Like Jameer Ooh, Gibbs just geez. going crazy. David Montgomery going crazy. Like I, I thought that that game was a lot of fun to watch. Even uh, Amon Ross, St. Brown, um, and, and like I even text you at at a certain point, Kyle. Like the Lions and the Kings just like remind me so much of each other because hmm. the you know we have this like long lineage of of not making the playoffs, not being relevant at all, right? So so that's one thing, but it's also the battle with a coach that has like an incredible offense but wants to be a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. And, and you see like this this battle like in his head like the whole time. Like I can't yeah. believe this is happening. Like I can't believe we're in a 41 to 38. I can't yeah. believe we're like we're, we've hit the over We've scored 79 combined points. That's what, and, and you can see the internal struggle, but it's okay. Like they're giving in a little bit and man, they're, they're fun to watch. Yeah. They're really good in the trenches. I think their defense is probably not where, where Dan Campbell wants it to be, Nope. but we've seen the lions win in a couple of different ways this year. And I think they're just really, really good. I think so too. They're just a, a really, really high quality team. That's just hard to beat week in and week out. Yeah, I don't think that they're a Super Bowl contender, but I do think that they are a team that uh, you, you know probably for second round playoff. I think team. I think it's probably I think it's easier in the NFL to make a run in your first trip to the playoffs. Okay, just because there's so there's fewer games. Remember last year with the Kings, that was the whole thing. Yeah, it's like man, it's really hard as a team making your first playoff run to make a deep playoff run your first time. It happens, but it's difficult. Yep. And that's a little bit how I feel with the Lions, but in the NFL, it's easier to, oh, you sn- you snag a first round bye. Now you need two wins, and they're both home games to go to the Super Bowl. You know, so I I I, I wouldn't be floored if the Lions did that and made a run, but I'd be a little bit surprised for sure. Yeah, the NBA has steps that you yeah. take. I mean, yeah. it's almost always you 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 know, make the playoffs. And a lot of times you get just crushed in the first round. You're usually an eight seed. And then in year two, you might make it a series. And in year three, you might win and make it to the second round. And so there's usually a buildup. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it moves a little faster, but for the most part, it is kind of how it's structured. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, the eight versus one. That's where the Kings took a gigantic leap by jumping all the way to three. Yeah. And then they face the reigning champs, but they're the the eight or whatever, uh, I mean, the six. Mm-hmm. And then that's, it's a seven game series. Like that mm-hmm. was like, holy cow, this is a great. Se-. So the Kings definitely took a step and jumped, jumped maybe one or two steps in one mm-hmm. season. Um, but that's not customary in the NBA and the NFL. Sure. You can do that. You can yeah. all of a sudden become a great team. Like the Miami Dolphins could still be like a Super Bowl contending team, even though they weren't in the AFC championship game last year. I'm sticking with them. I'm sticking with the Dolphins as my AFC. Pick. They can beat anybody on any week. I know, man. Yeah. But I think they can also lose to anybody on any week. But Ain't that the facts? 
The other one was Seahawks Commanders, and so the Lions stayed ahead of the 49ers in the NFC. So the Lions still the two seed, Eagles the one seed, Niners the three. The Seahawks stayed tied with the 49ers in the NFC West by beating the Commanders on a last-second field goal. Five game-winning field goals on the final play yesterday. Oof. Pretty unbelievable. Yeah, Especially been- for a slate of games that you looked at and go, oof, this is not a good slate, but... Five game-winning field goals on the last play. Two weeks in a row of spectacular football. Yeah. Like, uh, last week was the same thing. We were sitting here watching the whole time going, I can't believe how good the quality of football is. Mm-hmm. They just showed uh, on the this screen above the the toss that um, Brock Purdy made to George Kittle um, that he clearly could not see at all. Just laid it out there. What a beautiful throw. That was a really nice throw. It was a beautiful throw. Yeah. Gave his guy a chance. Uh, here... <laughs> Can we do away with the Riverboat Ron nickname for Ron Rivera? <laughs> My guy made one tough decision one time and got a nickname that stuck forever. You're on the road. You're the commanders, okay? Your season's done. You've punted when you traded Montez Sweat and you traded Chase Young. Yep. Okay? You're just, you, you punted, and that's fine. That's where they're at as an organization. You're putting your quarterback in these spots to try and grow and try and win games, and they go down and they score a touchdown. They're down by seven points they score a touchdown with 52 seconds left and instead of going for two in the lead they kick the damn extra point to tie it with 52 seconds left when you have a seattle defense on its heels and it ultimately didn't matter seattle went down and they kicked the game-winning field goal but that's just the point you gave up the game-winning field goal anyways you didn't even give your cha- team a chance to take the lead and force Geno Smith and the Seahawks offense to play from behind. To play knowing, hey, if we don't score on this series, this game is over. Not, hey, if we don't score, we're going to overtime. Let's call him like rowboat Ron. Just from here on plain out. old canoe Ron. <laughs> no more riverboat. Like yeah. what's what's there is that? no Not, more gambler. Like kayak. Kayak Ron. <laughs> Paddleboard Ron. Yeah, he's just out there. <laughs> Bro, it's just a... Like, go, go for the two. Uh, go for the two. In the, you're giving yourself... Do you understand in that spot? Going for the one. Okay, you tie it. But now your defense has to hold up for 52 seconds. Then you have to go to overtime and either win the coin toss, which is a literal coin toss... And get the ball and score a touchdown, or you don't get the ball, you have to get a stop or at least hold them to a field goal, then get the ball, and then go down and score either a field goal or a touchdown. There are so many steps. Just try the two points. Go for two. <laughs> Kyle. Kyle's very upset by this. No, go, it just it baffles me. This isn't even like an analytics thing. This is just a, hey, do you want to try and get two yards, or do you want to try and get one stop, and then maybe another stop, and then also have to go whatever length of the field you have to go to score. Uh, it just it it doesn't make any sense to me. And when it comes to Riverboat Ron, always oh, the ultimate gambler, just time and time again doing the most conservative thing possible in every big spot, you don't get the nickname anymore. <laughs> Kyle is rescinding your nickname. Your I boat, want it back. Your f- boat from the Flex Seal commercial where there's the whole screen in the boat <laughs> and they throw the flex seal on it and then it doesn't sink. That's Ron Rivera. Uh, that's he funny. is flex seal boat. I think someone put in here a uh, pool noodle. Pool, pool noodle, noodle Ron, Ron is a great one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> 
Titanic Ron Rivera. That's a good one, Ramsey. Yeah. Blind Squirrel Ron, strong from Dave. Rowboat Ron. Rowboat Ron. Shout yep. out, Mike. I just, yikes. Anyways. Uh, we did see the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, just uh, pounded the Giants. Well, the Giants are just so bad. I respect Brian Dable trying so hard to score a touchdown there at the end. They're so bad, really man. boosted team morale. Like Dak Prescott's out there doing his little hip turn, his hip turn thing, and just destroying you. Yeah. All right. Big win for the Niners yesterday. Let's look ahead to this Cavs-Kings matchup. We've also got mad props from the weekend. We'll go back over the mad props. We'll explain that next. Jiffy Lube? Big Jiffy Lube uh, contest still to go? Giving away a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. After the break, stay locked in. We're back in three minutes on The Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. That's James Ham. I'm Kyle Madsen on ESPN 1320. Back to the Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Matson. Brought to you by Jiffy Lou on ESPN 1320. Did someone said, dude. Apparently the homie Joe Shasky, who I love to death. Joe is one of my favorite people who I've ever met and gotten a chance to work with and learn from in this business. I think he is uh, incredibly smart when it comes to radio and the way this medium is going. But... Apparently, according to Drew Down in the YouTube chat, he was arguing today on 95.7 The Game, our sister station in San Francisco, that CeeDee Lamb is not a number one wide receiver, and that is bananas. Well, That is wild. Hey, he's wrong. <laughs> like, right. I, I mean, that, that's, he's, he's that's just, it. That's it. You're, I don't, you're wrong. Uh, yeah. I, don't. I mean, ten, we can... Ten, we... 10 catches for 150 yards in three straight weeks. That's just a number one. You did it. Yeah, and, and I mean, we we definitely could like have this discussion whether Brandon Ayuk is a legitimate number one wide receiver or if he's really like a like a like a two plus. Oh, this is on Friday, apparently, that he said that. Oh, got it, got it. Well, I mean, does that change anything? Because no. how many times has CD Lamb done it? Like the last five weeks, he's been just absolutely been cash. fire. I mean, this really? week he had a rushing touchdown too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I, I'm, I'm I'm not down with that. Uh, but you know, again, we could have that discussion about Brandon Ayuk. CD Lamb is is taking that leap. I think Brandon Ayuk is there talent wise, but because of the offense he plays in, where he's the yeah second third option. No, it makes it really tough. It's hard to get there. Yeah. Yeah. The last four weeks, uh, 117, 158, 191, and 151 yards for CD Lamb. He also has that week two where he went for 11 catches for 143. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Yeah. Hmm. He's my number one wide receiver on my fantasy team. I can tell you that. Congrats, man. Yeah. You know who mine is right now? Oh. Noah Brown. <laughs> oh, that's out. not good. Waiver wire pickup of the year. I, I he's a, a... He has like 51 points the last two weeks. No big deal. Um, Ooh. So let's get, to, let's get to Mad Props. So if you're unfamiliar with Mad Props, I'm, I... Pick a stat from the 49ers game, and I pick a stat from the Kings game, whether that's Kings game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We determined that Friday. They only played on Friday this week. So this is Kings OKC, Niners Jags. So, for example, our first one, Brock Purdy pass attempts or Kings total assists, and then James and I each pick which number will be higher. Mm. So Brock Purdy pass attempts or Kings assists. You and I both took Brock Purdy pass attempts. Oh. And the Kings... Assist number 28 just edged out Brock Purdy's 26 pass attempts. What? Yeah. If he hadn't gotten pulled out of that last drive, he might have gotten there. 
Tough. Just breaking Shams, uh, Sacramento Kings All-Star, De'Aaron Fox is expected to return to the lineup as soon as tonight versus Cavs uh, or Wednesday at Lakers. Sources tell. Oh, or Wednesday. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to side with the guys that were there. Uh, Sean Cunningham, who watched him put the video out, put the tweet out, um, because uh, we are a, a week and some change after the last time that we got that very similar text <laughs> tweet from Shams. So, uh, well, hey, and, and all, Sh- all Shams did was tweet what you said earlier. Yes, I did say that like, earlier, didn't I? Like, yeah. Pro- like, would exp- wouldn't be shocked if he's back tonight, but more likely Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Shams, so, listening to the insiders. What's up, Shams? Yeah. Call and, in. And, and I'm just going to say, like, again, uh, shout out to uh, Sean and to Brendan uh, that were at practice yesterday uh, and, and the other guys that were there yesterday at practice yesterday uh, and basically put this out there um, that he was at a full practice and all that stuff and then go – uh, they were actually at shoot around this morning and have the same information. So shout out to my guys here, local guys and, doing and, local work. And shout out to the great Shams Terrania for watching the insiders and following along. We appreciated Shams. There it is. Like I said, call in 916-909-1320. That's the number. There it is. I think I'm going to take calls tomorrow. I thought you were going to take calls well, today. I was going to, but then you and I had too much to get into tomorrow though. Tomorrow. Okay. These phone lines are going to open. I'm just going to take them blind. Because you can't screen them. <laughs> like, typically, there's a producer who screens the call and then tells just the like, host, like, hey, who's, here's who's on. That's where I am There's, never I'm taking gonna, calls when it's just me here by bro, myself. I'm it's just going to throw it on a hold, put you on, and you're going to come in. and Coming in hot. You'll get blocked forever if you say something bad. That's right. That's right. Uh, okay, mad right, props. Sorry, mad sorry. props. Mad My props. Bad. You and I both had Brock Purdy pass attempts more than King's assists. Uh, King's won that one 28 to 26. The next one, Christian McCaffrey carries... Or Malik Monk points. You went with Monk. I went with McCaffrey. McCaffrey, 16 carries. Malik, 12 points. But another really effective game for Malik Monk as a creator. He had eight assists. Okay. Really good game for Malik, I thought. I thought he had a, a good game, too. He, he didn't have to be the scoring threat. Mm-hmm. When he's the assist threat, uh, that's great. I, I, think that's maxim- I think that's maximizing the Kings is when Malik Monk is an assist threat, when De'Aaron Fox isn't on the court. Yeah, yeah. I, I, the eight assists is big. Yeah. So, so wait, did we win or lose that one? Uh, I won that one. You lost that one. Oh, erroneous. Yeah, not tough. Uh, we can check the audio if you want. Debo Samuel touches or Keegan Murray rebounds. You went with Debo oh. on this one. I went with Keegan on this one. Yeah, Keegan had 11, 11 rebounds. Yeah, 11 boards for Keegan, seven touches for Debo Samuel. Oh, I'm getting spanked. Yeah, not, not, a, not a great week for you, but there's still a lot of weeks you can bounce back. Okay. We both lost this next one. George Kittle catches or Kevin Herter made threes. We both took Kittle. It was three catches for Kittle, four Four made threes for Kevin Herter. So a good line. Alas. This is starting to look eerily similar to my price picks on a nightly basis. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's not going well for me lately either. Uh, 49ers points allowed or Kings first quarter points allowed. Oh. We both took the Kings who allowed 20 points. The Niners allowed three. Oh. Good so we him. won. We did. Yes. And then we both won this last one as well. 49ers turnovers or Keon Ellis made field goals. The 49ers did not turn it over, so all Keon Ellis had to do was make one field goal. He made two. 
Oh, he had the dunk, the putback dunk. Word to Keon Ellis. Yeah. So we both won that one. I went four and two in this week. You went two and four. I'm up two one on the year. Yeah, but shout out to um, to Keon Ellis for making an impact despite only scoring two baskets. Yeah. Yeah. Impact without scoring is every bench player for the Kings. Like, how can you affect the game without scoring 10 points? Yeah. And I think Keon Ellis does a really, really good job of it. The uh, the A's have released their 2024 Major League coaching staff. Oh, good. Lay it on me. Mark Kotze. Course. Manager. Yep. Darren Bush, uh, bench coach and director of hitting. Mm-hmm. Michael Dreddy, hitting coach. Yeah. Chris Cron, hitting coach. That's a real person. A lot of S- hitting coaches. Scott Emerson, uh, who did a bang-up job with that pitching staff last year, is Boy, back. Uh, Dan Hubbs is a bullpen coach. That's a fake person. Oh, the the first base coach? Bobby Crosby. Oh, come on. What? Get an A's legend in the first base coach's box. We love to see it. Third base coach is Eric Martins. Oh boy, I thought you were gonna say Eric Chavez and twelve year old no. Kyle almost lost his damn yeah, mind. That would have been that would have been a moment. Oh wait. I Marcus Jensen is the quality control coach, the major league coach and interpreter. Ramon Hernandez. Oh yeah. Yeah, I knew that. There it is. All right. Glad he's still around. There it is. And shout out to Roy Steele for rolling the R on Ramon Hernandez. Oh, my goodness. I loved Roy Steele. The voice of God. Roy Steele lived in Auburn. Did he? He did. Oh, he commuted from Alabama to do A's games. That's nuts. No. I know. I know. I know. I I do. And it's a dumb joke. (laughs) It's a stupid joke, and I still did it. I'm sorry, everybody. Oh, that's funny. Kings face the Cavs tonight in a game that, you know what? Pause. Yep. Not like pauses and I said something to pause. Let's give away this Jiffy Lube gift certificate. Yeah, let's do this. Yeah. All right. So James and I sat together at Friday night's game and James is going, hey, who knew, who should be the player of the game? We hemmed and we hawed and we decided that Keegan Murray is your Jiffy Lube player, fast break player of the game. Just head to ESPN1320.com. There's a big Jiffy Lube photo right in front. Click on that. Enter the keyword Keegan. Keegan is the keyword today. I love it. Keegan word. K-E-E-G-A-N. Enter that word and you will be entered to win a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. I don't think... Okay, so I... I, Scott Moak, one of my favorite people. Not the player of the game. Uh, one of my favorite people, but he started it with Yogi Ferrell. So he I would remember go, this. Yogi, and then the fans would respond, Ferrell. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Keegan Murray thing is one of the best things. Like, it gets really everybody strong. so amped up. And I even think Keegan Murray not hearing it has hurt him. Like, like he needs some shots to go down, so he starts hearing it from the crowd. Like, he... And it's a big deal. Like, I, I think this, if he can get a few more games like this, we're going to s- start seeing him ascend. This is going to be the moment. Well, right he's not going to hear it on the road. So he's got to figure that out. I don't know if, uh, to be honest, he might hear uh, Kings fans still yell, Keegan, and then to each other, Murray, because Kings fans have been traveling. Okay. Traveling. Okay. Totally. 
I hope that he can overcome it if he doesn't hear it, though. Okay. That's the key. That's the that's the key for me. Keegan's the keyword. At ESPN1320.com. Hit that Jiffy Lube <clears throat> uh, uh, contest page right there at the front and enter keyword Keegan, K-E-E-G-A-N, and enter for your chance to win a Jiffy Lube $100 gift certificate. Kenny Caraway in the building. He and D-Lo and Casey. Uh, he and D-Lo are coming up next for D-Lo and Casey. That's coming up at noon. Um Kings Cavs tonight. I feel like OKC and Cleveland back to back is really favorable because they present a lot of the same problems, just in terms of their size, particularly inside. Okay. Yeah, I would even say not the same team, but present the same problem. Three in a row. I would say the Lakers do as well. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, you got Anthony Davis, you've got Jackson Hayes, you've got uh, Christian Wood, like. The Kings are gonna sit here and go through a, a stretch where you're gonna play some some big boy teams, but I also think that the Kings are, um, you know, I don't know why we act like the Kings aren't a pretty big team too. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, like Sabonis is six eleven; he's not a true seven footer. Mm-hmm. Um, but you start a six foot seven shooting guard, uh, six foot eight, six foot eight at the three and the four. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're tiny; you're just not. It's that second big. That and you don't have like the stretch Armstrong guy. You don't yeah. have like the, you know, the old Stacy Ogman. You know, like Evan Mobley, Chet Holmgren. Yeah, guy. like these Anthony long, Davis. super athletic, yeah, uh, defensive minded. You know, guys. Uh, Kessler Edwards is trying to become that guy, but you know, you're not quite there yet. And even still, that he's more of a three than a four. So, uh, yeah, big teams. Speaking of speaking of Kings past opponents, the Rockets are rolling, dude. They've won six in a row. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it's just crazy, isn't it? They beat Denver last night. They beat New Orleans the night before that. They crushed the Lakers the night before that. Shout out to the Rockets, dude! Shout out to the Rockets. They can play a little bit. Yeah, it's also I would say it makes the Kings' losses look a lot better. Yeah, that in Golden State is uh, they can't figure it out in a funk all yeah, of a are. sudden. So Golden State's lost three in a row and and four out of five. They've lost three in a row and just haven't looked particularly good in any of them. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, they almost beat the Nuggets in in Denver. Okay. But Jamal Murray didn't play in that one, and GP2 and Draymond didn't play in that one. But yeah, the Cavs, eight-point loss. It was never really that close. The mm-hmm. Timberwolves last night, they lost by six, but they were down a bunch late and, and kind of clawed their way back in. So yeah, they just they can't score. Like That's their problem. Because if Steph isn't scoring, nobody is. And he kind of got that early thing. on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even against the Kings, if Steph wasn't the guy, mm-hmm. it was it was a dogfight. So. It, appears, it appears that the Andrew Wiggins playoff run where he was the second best player on the team is just gone. He's just never going to be that player again. Yeah. And they were really banking on that. So um, I, that's, well, that's where they're at. I mean, come on. I, I mean, if you're banking on that, I, you chose poorly. I... I mean, I, did, honestly. Did you watch those playoffs? No, I... He was I, excellent. I know, I know you he had was. to pay him. I, he was, but no... I mean, and they, they had to pay him either way, but... Yeah, he's just not He's just <coughs> not that dude. Bless you. Excuse me. He's just not... Yeah, no. Second best player, he's not that guy. Yeah, and I don't know who their second best player is right now. Well, that's usually a problem. Moses Moody? <laughs> oh. Is it Jonathan Kaminga? I don't, I don't know, man. They're Ooh. just... Just they constantly run out lineups where you're just not scared of anybody on the court. Yeah, because they have Clay Thompson at sixteen point one points per game, and then it drops What's he to, shooting? to twelve. 
Um, Clay is shooting 42.6 from the field, 34.7 from three. Oof. On volume. On volume. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, What's he, nine threes a game? Seven and a half. Hmm. Well, that's come down because he's not hitting. So Kaminga at 12.1, and then you got Wiggins. Wiggins at 10.5. It's not like he's had a couple of bad games. He has stunk. Oh, no, and Chris Paul went and Can't ran Can't hit the broad side of the barn. Uh, he's shooting 36.8% from the field, including 16.2% from three yeah he's, he's gotten hot lately too Ooh. <laughs> Boy, they. i think he started one for 21 from three yeah see this is why i hate the kings playing them twice in like the first week of the season because the kings weren't the kings and the warriors might not have been the warriors uh-huh and let's get to this next game where they play each other and see how that one looks mm-hmm. because it's possible that we could see again what we assumed in the beginning of the season two ships passing in the night type mm-hmm. deal but yeah, that, that Warrior squad is they're they're scuffling a little bit. Yeah, boy, you hate to see it. All right, um, <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> yuck. Uh, honestly, like, and and to to bring this around, Minnesota is also really good. Minnesota's figuring it out. They are. Did right you see now. Anthony Edwards last night when Draymond started barking at him, and then he just very methodically just. Put all the nails in the in the Warriors' coffin. It was incredible. He was so good. Anthony he, Anthony Edwards can hoop, dude. Yeah, he can. And I, I think Minnesota and Dallas are both surprises. If yeah. I told you at the beginning of the season that the West, after roughly 10 games, would be Denver, Dallas, Minnesota, Houston. We can even keep going. OKC, followed by the Warriors, and then the Kings, and then Kings-Lakers tied... And then we start going Pelicans, Phoenix, Clippers. Oof. That's uh that 9, 10, 11. Ooh, that's crazy. Yeah, so Nuggets at the top wouldn't have shocked me. Okay. If you told me Mavericks 2, I wouldn't have been super surprised. Because in a world where Luka and Kyrie figure out how to coexist, like you can see them being pretty good. I still don't think they have enough, like overall, to get yeah. you through a season. Yeah, I mean, check check in with me in January. I'd be surprised if they're still the two. Yeah, because even like last week, uh, Grant Williams was averaging like seventeen a game. He's mm-hmm. down to eleven point four. Yeah, and Tim Hardaway is at seventeen six. I kind of expect him to take a little bit uh, of a dive off of that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Rashawn Holmes has played in two games. Hey, good, good for him. Good to see that. Yeah, but the Timberwolves at three surprises me. The Rockets at four shocks me. Oklahoma City at five, not that crazy for me. I, I think I picked them to be the third seed. So oh, that's that's okay. not that's not insane. The Warriors in that six range, that's kind of about six, seven, eight is kind of about where I expect them. The Kings in the seven, a little bit of a surprise early on. The Lakers at eight, definitely a surprise for me. And then Phoenix at four and six. Oof. I had Phoenix as a team that was going to win a bunch of regular season games and then fizzle out in the playoffs. I kind of had the opposite. Man. I thought it would be that they would get in, mm-hmm. but uh, would would have a stronger go in the playoffs because mm. of their high end talent. As of right now, like they didn't design that team. That team's not deep enough. Even the trade that they made right at the mm-hmm. right before the season started, it added depth. But I just don't. Number one, you should have done that trade like three weeks earlier. So you could have had a training camp with those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we'll have to see what they look like. But it doesn't help that Bradley Bill just doesn't play basketball anymore. It's also, <laughs> this is how crazy the NBA season is. It feels like the season is forever old and there's still eight more of these stretches to go. About 10 games. Oh, yeah. That's, or I guess there's seven more of them to go. Well, Bradley Bill's that's, played three games nuts. now. So oh, good for him. Uh, you know, and, you know, Devin Booker, you know how many games Devin Booker's played? He's played two. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Including the season opener. All right. Uh, real quick. I got about a minute here. Eh, a little over, a little under a minute or a little under two minutes. What are your three keys to a Kings win tonight? Um, number one, I think it was hit your threes. Oh, no. Hang on. I agree. Hit your threes. Okay. Uh, number two, find your pace. Yep. Uh, number three, Domas domination. Uh, get the ball to Domas. Let him ragdoll the the tall, skinny guys. So I think that's I think that's a key unless De'Aaron plays. Okay. In which case, I want to see De'Aaron get going. Okay. That's all. Yeah, I mean, he can do that. Yeah. But to your point, even when De'Aaron's in, I see too many times Domas has a defender like that that he should be able to back down where he takes two dribbles and stops. Like, dude, just put him under the basket. He doesn't do that against the stream being guys. He goes right at him. He always does. He'll, yeah. he'll shoulder him a couple of times, get him under the basket, and go up and dunk on him. I hope so. Yep. Hope to hope to see that tonight against the Jared Allens and, and Evan Mobley's of the world. All right. I got a Kings win tonight. I think they're winning. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, feel good about, I feel good about the direction they're heading. Knowing now that Portland... That game wasn't a, hey, look, at look this is their P-. That was a just kind of get the arrow pointed the right way. I think you saw more against OKC what this team is going to look like the rest of the way, and I think then we see it tonight against the Cavs. Yeah, I would also say that teams that uh, get a star back, sometimes it takes a couple of days to adjust. So yeah, they'll be better on Wednesday than they were tonight. All right, we're the Insiders. He's James. I'm Kyle, sponsored by Jiffy Loop. D-Lo and Casey next. See Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.